Welcome to the Soul's Way podcast. This is your host, Emily Ann Brandt. I am a proud First Nations Mohawk author, speaker, and mentor here to meet you at the intersection of personal development and decolonization. I truly believe that when we see ourselves and one another, mind, body, emotion, and most of all, soul and spirit, we can break through systematic, ancestral, and generational ways of being that we came here to disrupt and rise above. We can lean into the ways that heal our spirits. I know we can do this through honest conversations, radical responsibility, and healing together in community. Through my stories and the incredible conversations with some truly amazing guests, my hope is that you leave each episode with a more open heart and that you feel emboldened in your medicine and your voice, knowing your ripple effect matters. Our ripple effect matters. Thank you for being here. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Soul's Way podcast, another juicy, exciting guest, a rock star guest, and a really juicy conversation for you today as I got to sit down with my friend, my mentor, my indigenous sister, Asha Frost. And in this conversation, we are covering a lot of topics. We are talking about her new Oracle deck, but we're also talking about, which is incredible, we'll get into it. Um, We're also talking about our shared experiences as Indigenous women navigating this industry, this world of personal development, our experiences working with white women, working with podcasters and people who host us for speaking gigs, especially Asha. She has many more years of experience than me. And we have an honest conversation about how sometimes oppressive that can be. Um, and all the things in between. So it's just such a good conversation. We covered so much. And if you loved this conversation, you are going to love, 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 love the round table, which Asha is going to be a guest speaker at, a guest panelist. Now the round table is for coaches. It's made for white female coaches specifically who want to decolonize their business and make it a more safe, inclusive, welcoming space for all where we can all truly rise together where BIPOC or global majority folks can feel safe, can feel seen, can feel validated and actually thrive in your world. So if you want to diversify your clientele, your audience, who you're reaching, who you're supporting, who you're uplifting, This is a must attend. It's happening March 27th and March 28th. Replays will be included, but Asha will be on the panel on day two, along with Shirin Eskandani, who was on the last podcast episode, and Sharon Jameson, who also has an amazing episode on this podcast that I send people to all the time as a resource because it was so value-packed. And so at this roundtable... Day one is me teaching my signature masterclass that over 40 coaches have taken. It's transforming the industry. It is a must watch for every coach, healer, therapist, anyone in the in the world of personal development. And then again, day two is going to be sitting down with these epic panelists and hearing more from them on their perspectives because they are all leaders in this industry and they are all in the global majority. And right now you're going to get a whole lot out of this conversation with Asha Frost as well. So I'll put the link to the round table in the show notes um, and I'll put all of Asha's links to her Oracle deck, her book, everything we're discussing today. But I really hope you, um, you enjoy this episode. You hold it with... Um, respect and reverence i'm sure you will and that you that our words will land in your heart the way that we are intending them to do 
So let us know. Let us both know once you listen. We cannot wait to hear your thoughts, and I'll see you on the other side. All right. Welcome back, everybody, or welcome to the Soul's Way podcast. I'm here today with Asha Frost, who you all know I talk about all the time. Um, Asha, hello. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I can't wait for this conversation. (laughs) So excited for this conversation as well. I'm like, I don't even know where to start, but I guess we should start with you introducing yourself to everyone listening, although everyone hears me talk about you all the time. They're probably like, yeah, we know who Asha Frost is, Emily. But in case there's people listening who don't know you, do you want to just introduce yourself and, and let people know what you're all about? Sure. My spirit name is Healing Rainbow Woman. I'm from Cape Croker First Nation. I am from the Crane Clan. I also have another spirit name. She who walks the path of the Thunderbirds. And my English name is Asha. I am an Indigenous healer. I am a mama of two boys. I am an Oracle Deck creator. That's my new title. And an author. Um, and really over the last 20 years have just been um, holding the vision of reclamation, reconnection, um, healing for breaking some cycles of generational harm and trauma and moving that into a healed way for my descendants and beyond and the earth and all of our kin. So that's who I am. Yeah, so much medicine just in you introducing yourself and Um, For everyone listening, if you haven't yet read Asha's book, You Are the Medicine, or purchased the Oracle deck, um, the medicine, or what is it? The Sacred Medicine Oracle. It is so powerful. Every single card has such potent medicine. Um, Why don't we actually start by talking about a little bit about the deck and what your experience has been like? Because I know this is something we wanted to touch on today. What your experience has been like? With this increased visibility, this rise, this wave of massive success and excitement, um, as amazing as it's been, what's kind of, can you take us behind the scenes a little bit with this journey? Yeah, so it, I mean, it's a recent journey with the deck. It's been a week since it's been out. And I think only recently, maybe in the last two months, has it really hit me that even the book has a a wider reach than I was anticipating. Um, I have been such a believer in ripples, right? The invisibility, the potency, the rippling out that maybe you won't even know from like a numbers perspective or a way that our society typically measures success that you've impacted people. And I've seen evidence of of this in this book, in this book journey over the last year. It's almost been a year since my book has been birthed and I have realized that you can touch so many souls um, with your intention and your vision and you never know who you're going to touch. So it's actually like really amplified that belief inside of me because it was terrifying to put this out in the world. I will say I've done a lot of new things and iterations of my business, but the book felt really vulnerable and personal. And it was like also like ancestral healing and trauma that I was talking about. So it felt really scary. Are people going to hold this with care? Are they going to even care about my words and my stories and the history and the truth? Um, Will it be held um, in any way? I didn't know. So it's been a beautiful, um, incredible journey. And I think I sat with my fists clenched and my 
holding my breath for those eight months of, of just, um, yeah, I think I sat in a little bit of that kind of freeze response until recently where I was like, oh my gosh, it worked. <laughs> my intention mm -hmm. is working. It's touching people. It's spreading out. People are sharing my words and people are sharing with other people. So that sort of opened up as soon as before the deck came out where I just kind of felt like it's a bit safer. There was some safety built in my spreading of my wings and taking leaps of faith in the last little season for me. So it's been incredible. And with the deck coming out, I infused it with this intention that it would just keep spreading. The medicine would spread. It had wings of its own. It had like animal beings mm. behind it and spirit behind it, carrying it. Such a different experience that I had with the book. And I think that I've done so much healing work around inviting in ease, abundance, just dismantling all of that. Not all, you know, dismantling. Mm -hmm. it's like <laughs> those yeah. And parts of um, the trauma that I've held on to that it feels like there's more flow. And that is the first time I've been able to say that in 20 years of having my business. Uh, it's been yes. such a long time. And I feel yes. Like so amazing. I, I see it. I see it. I mean, um, and I remember asking you because we had some mentorship together last year, I had some calls with you. And I remember asking you how you managed growing your business for so many years and celebrating along the way, even when, you know, you didn't see the same success as maybe your white counterparts, or as you would have liked to be in your journey. And you were just very honest with me and you're like, I didn't celebrate enough. I didn't celebrate enough. Um, so how do you feel now? Do you feel like, because I remember a post you just did recently about breathing the success in one breath at a time, soaking it all in. And I actually sent it to one of my BIPOC clients because she's receiving success now from her courses that are on autopilot. So she's, she's receiving people purchasing while she's sleeping and she doesn't have to do anything. And she's struggling with that, receiving it. And so I sent her your post about soaking it in. So do you feel like you're in a much different place now where you can fully receive every little thing or like, what's, what's the difference? How do you feel now with that? Yeah, I think there's more capacity to receive. Like, I feel like I've worked really intentionally over the last couple of years to empty out the parts that weren't, that felt frozen, that weren't able to feel safe in receiving that. Um, I also think the pandemic yeah. is a big part of that because there was so much taking up so much of my capacity. Um, so I didn't even have, I think the freeze was part of that too. I didn't have the capacity to even sink in um, when I got the book deal. Um, all of the things happened. So it felt so quickly. And I just kind of like went into that. And also it was the pandemic. So there yeah. was just like a, a world, a global freeze around us. So mm -hmm. I, it's, it's been a beautiful experience for me to really see like, how can it feel to deepen into beautiful things happening um, that you've worked really hard for? And also that you're aligned with, like, I believe in both of those things, right? Um, mm -hmm. How does it feel to just be like, oh my gosh, I'm just super grateful for this thing happening right now and joyful and allowing that joy to flow through without feeling like, is this going to end? Oh my gosh, like, what if it all stops? I mean, there's always that voice inside of my head, but I think um, I've come to a place where I know that I'm modeling this 
for whoever's watching. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping I am. I feel like I am, at least my children. I know that I'm modeling this for my indigenous children. And I'm hoping I'm modeling it for indigenous youth that are watching saying, this is possible for you. Cause I never had anybody really model that for me, which mm -hmm. has been really hard um, to just keep trusting my ancestors whispers and knowing that I just have to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, you are modeling it. You're modeling it for me. I'm an example. I hope that I tell you enough how much you are such a inspiration. And I remember asking you or telling you in one of our sessions, like, I don't know who you had to look up to. No one, I guess, because you're it for me. Like you're it for me in terms of Indigenous women thriving in this space of personal development and um, like there's many, you know, authors and singers and activists and um, specifically people who are doing great thing for great things for Indigenous rights and activism. But in this world of manifestation and spirituality and personal development, you're it for me, at least that I know of. Um, and I found a couple more folks through you, but I was like, who did you have? No one really to look up to. And I think this is something people take for granted, white people who everyone that they look up to is likely, you know, a person, a white person, right? But you don't think about representation when you've always had so much of it. But for us indigenous people and people who haven't had that, like that's why I talk about you so much and I will continue talking about you so much. Like I won't shut up about you to anyone who will listen because that like it does matter representation matters so yeah and I think that's such, a, that's such a beautiful point because I think like both of us that's who I looked I mean I looked up to white women in business yeah. because yeah. that's all the only option I had mm -hmm. uh, really it's the only option I had so it's like I learned those colonized ways I took them in because it was the only way so yes. just like your journey I've had to unwind from that um, re-indigenize re myself even though I'm indigenous it's like if that's what takes up all the space and you're creating a new way and trying to birth a new way but you have no models and no teachers of that it's a really challenging thing to do so I think many of us go down that road of like finding the teachers that at least resonate a little bit with our hearts, right? That, you know, have yeah. good hearts and seem like they have this beautiful vision. And then we start to see, oh, but that doesn't really resonate with my bones and my ancestors and um, the global majority. Exactly. And I think some of these people are doing harm. They've been harming mm -hmm. me perhaps even, um, but taking responsibility to say, okay, now what can I do differently? And how can I choose? And how can I unwind and just acknowledge and take responsibility Oh, maybe I've been taught some of those things because that's what I was taught, but I didn't have anybody else to teach me. So it's having yeah. so much grace with ourselves. It's just essential in this journey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And exactly. My journey was the same. I had only white women and men to learn from really. And um, even like, I know you and I talk a lot about how it was, there was some folks of color and women of color that we could maybe follow, but still indigenous people were like non-existent in this world um, until I found you. So I was so excited to find you. And like you said, went on my own journey also of unraveling and being like, wow, I was also regurgitating those very colonized version of things like law of attraction and positive thinking, which, and gratitude, which all come from indigenous wisdom and culture, um, you know, peace, strength, and a good mind are the three, um, 
the three great laws of peace for Haudenosaunee people, for my people. And so I've learned this stuff as a kid about the importance of a positive mind and being grateful for all of creation. But then I relearned it through a white lens and through a colonized lens. And it it was all like bottled up and capitalized and sold to me as if it was this mystical, magical thing that I needed to buy into um, when yeah, I had the I had the wisdom in my bones and in my ancestry all along. So it's been really rewarding, really tough, really emotional, really interesting, re-indigenizing myself, like you said. And uh, I'm just so grateful that I found I, f- I found you at the perfect time because I was like at that part in my journey, finding my way back home to my roots, into myself. And you're so good at guiding folks through that, regardless mm-hmm. of their background. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so I'm so grateful for your journey too because as I witness you rising and sharing it's like that that part of me right that did those things too but it wasn't safe enough for me to share it at the time so yeah Mm -hmm. that's and that's a big part of my work is building on this work that's already been done and the voices who have already been saying these things and just building upon that um and I, to tell you something interesting on like a more a kind of personal note, I had a um, spiritual, I was watching my reading, I watched my tarot card readings on YouTube by this woman, her name's Baba Jolie, and she's amazing. Everything is always so, so accurate. And she'll, she'll read you based on your um, astrological sun sign. So I was watching the video for Sagittarius and she was like, oh, there is somebody in your energy field that is carrying your vision with you and it's the energy of like a big sister and them holding your vision too is helping you manifest it and I was like oh that's Asha's I was like I had to tell you oh thank you that's so lovely well you can be my sister anytime yeah it was so sweet I'm like that's totally Asha because I know like this mission my mission matters so much to you as well and you've supported me so much with it so um yeah just can't thank you enough for that And this is a good segue, I suppose, into our conversation around white women in this industry, navigating, working um, with white women, because that is who is dominating the coaching, the healing, the personal development industry right now. And there are things that we have to face and deal with just to get our voices heard, just to be seen. to make opportunities for ourselves. There's like a lot of emotional labor we have to take on and things we have to go through that I'm experiencing a lot more now that I'm embracing my indigenous indigeneity and talking about these issues than I than I had to face when I was just kind of leaning into my whiteness and basically ignoring um a whole part of who I am. But for you, you know, you've always had this experience. So we wanna, yeah, let's let's unpack it a little bit. Um where should we even start? Yeah, well, I can start with, it's, it's so interesting because it's, um, this gets really ripe and really present for me during times of launching something. So it was really present in many of the interviews that I did last year for my book. And then of course, as the deck comes out, it's just, I'm invited into a lot more spaces, which is, I'm so grateful for. And, you know, I thought I learned this lesson last year. So I was like, I'm never doing another podcast where somebody has not read my book because I found that really disrespectful. And then I find myself forgetting that and saying yes. And then being in a situation Mm. where all of a sudden it feels very extractive. 
And that person has no idea of my work, my position on things, my energy, my ancestry, none of it. Um, based on they, they go to my website and they just read that and that's, that seems to be enough for them. So what I think what, what is so harmful about that, um, again, is just th that feels extractive. It feels tokenizing. So I've been mm -hmm. invited to summits where all of a sudden I'm in middle mid interview and I can tell they have no idea about my work. They've not read my book. They've not even read like the, the back of my book or any of it. Um, and I start to feel extracted from. I start to feel taken from. I start to feel like I'm doing an enormous amount of education, um, which is yeah. not okay because it's not paid for, right? We're just we're just doing this interview. Um, so now it's just a very discernible energy of that of that taking, and something that has. I had a lupus flare a couple of weeks ago where my heart was inflamed. So the mm -hmm. the called pericarditis, and it's like inflammation of your heart lining. And the other day, this happened twice more times through some interviews, and I felt that pain in my heart. And I'm like, your heart? And I said, heart, what are you trying to tell me? And it was like, they're taking from you again, and I'm trying to protect you. So your lining is in the lining of my heart's like, no, it's, it gets inflamed. It gets angry for me, right? And it's saying, no, you can't take any more from you. So it was a profound aha moment. And there's, I don't want to say this to shame or blame people because it's like, I understand the way you've done business is the way you always do business. Mm -hmm. However, I think to be in a right relationship with indigenous folks or people of the global majority is to be invested. If you really want their check your box to be like, oh, I have an indigenous person on this panel. I have an indigenous person on my podcast. I have an indigenous person in my summit because I'm starting to realize that's what people do. They start to ask around because when I say no to something, the first question I get back is, can you please recommend another indigenous healer that we can talk to? Yeah. So that is my first sign. I know I'm really fired up about this. You were just there to check a box. Yes. If you ask me that, then you don't care about me. You don't know anything about my work. You're not cared about my medicine. You just want any indigenous healer, any indigenous voice. And it drives me crazy. And then I'm like, thank goodness I said no to that because you were just trying to extract from me and have my picture on your website to say oh we have that box checked and that's not okay it's not okay so I think that that has come really strongly out in the last year and a half um, since my book came out of being really clear um, but I'm still learning like I'm I'm falling down and learning because I think I at heart believe that I, I know everybody's good I know that everybody at the court are good people and they're trying to do their best, but they're still doing harm at times. And so I have to be just very, just very discerning about what I say yes to. And in times where I'm launching something new, it's hard because I want my voice to be yes. out there all the ways. So I find it a little more challenging. And I think that that is something that white women don't often have to think about when they're saying, listen to your boundaries, listen to your discernment, because you've always had the platform privilege and you, you're always being seen no matter what. So I've had to kind of, sometimes it feels like selling my soul or abandoning myself to just get out there. Even though I've been doing this for two decades, sometimes it feels like that. Um, but my heart's saying no more. So I have to trust that me saying no is going to open me up to um, greater recognition in other ways and that it's okay. It's okay because otherwise my body won't be here to, to be able to, you know, share my medicine with the world. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes, 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 yes. Um, 
Oh, so much I want to say to that. The Yeah, it's so true too. You don't want to say no to opportunities because especially as Indigenous folks, they are, we're so invisible. We're so less seen and um, our services are seen as less valuable and less desirable and our work is so um, yeah, under undervalued that when we do get opportunities, like, of course, you're going to want to say yes to get to getting visibility when you can to getting um, support with your launch when you can. So that makes complete sense. Um, and I find myself in the same boat where it's like, well, I don't want to turn down like I'm a human, I need to grow my business, I don't want to turn this down. But I'm so glad that you are listening to that um, voice of discernment and that you're heart is protecting you and I hope that your health is okay um because yeah I think what you're doing with your oracle deck like trusting that it's got a medicine it's got wings of its own and it's gonna you know the ripple effect it is gonna grow on its own too is uh, is really really powerful and that's something that I'm gonna embody as well because yeah cross letting you know selling your soul like you said it's just it's just it's not worth it, but it's frustrating how much it does happen and how much we do have to put up with just to have our voices heard. Yeah. And I have to say like, because boundaries is, has been like a lifetime teaching for me. Um, it's scary for me to, to share them, especially after the fact, if I've said yes to something. Yeah. But what I've realized recently is when I have shared them, um, I've gotten really respectful responses back. So it's teaching me that there are people who are able to hold space for your boundaries and who yes. see you. And so I want to put that out there too, is like, these people aren't bad people. You know, I, I'm not yeah. saying anything like that. It's just this, this sense of, as we talked about, you know, relationality, reciprocity, respect, all of those things are at my forefront of doing business. Like relations yeah. are so important to me. Um, and then recipro reciprocity, like, the, the equal giving and receiving as much as that can happen. And if that's feeling not in flow, then it's not going to be okay for my indigenous soul. I just know yeah. that because that's yeah. where we always live from. Mm -hmm. And you've taught me so much about reciprocity and what healthy reciprocity looks and feels like um, that I'm so, so appreciative of because yeah, if it's, if it's not healthy reciprocity, then I'm out right from from both ways if i'm investing in something that doesn't feel like a fair exchange like i've done in the past many times paying mentors usually white women way too much money for what i was receiving in return i've learned the lesson the hard way on that one right and then same thing for the other way if somebody's paying me um energetically or you know financially for a service um for my work it also has to feel like a healthy exchange so Thank you for modeling that because that's a biggie, biggie that I've learned from you. Amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I had a couple of experiences recently where I went on some podcasts. And so the other thing that can happen when you are working with white women, specifically when you're doing the work that I do is like my work is very triggering because I'm calling, I'm calling out the white lens. I'm calling out um, the way that people are creating harm against us as indigenous people and people of the global majority not purposely but they are creating unintentional harm right and so i found my first couple of podcast interviews that i was invited to on this topic 
the people hosting the interview really just wanted me on to prove how not racist they were, to talk about all the BIPOC friends that they have or all the two BIPOC clients that they have or whatever it is. And I just left the interview feeling like I just got run over by a train. Like there was no space for me to speak. I was supposed to be there as the expert and the interviewee, but I just got completely trampled over on the interviews and I'm not going to like name names obviously, but it's not a good feeling. And um, talking to you about it, I realized like this is something I didn't deal with when I was uh, not identifying with my indigeneity and just leaning into my whiteness when I was just a business coach or a soul coach or a spiritual coach. And now that I'm Emily Indigenous author, mentor, speaker, teaching people about decolonization, I'm facing this this different dynamic that you've dealt with for much longer. So yeah. that's such a big thing. And I think um, it can feel scrambly, right? Because I think that yeah. All of a sudden you're in this relationship and you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting to have to validate you. And that's what it is. It's like you get in these relationships and then all of a sudden you're listening to their stories and they're scrambling and their guilt and their shame. And you're just the one that's mm -hmm. supposed to make space for it and um, validate that they are good people. Um, and that's not our role. That's exhausting. And the other thing I noticed and I commented because I'd listened to a podcast you're on and I commented about the space that this woman, she was a white woman, had given you to speak. And that's something, another thing that I have noticed over the last two years, probably, that um, many people talk over me, especially when I'm talking about challenging subjects. And I tend to be a person, I know I, how I am in conversation. I tend to be a give and take. And like, I know that about myself pretty confidently. Um, so when I feel like somebody just wants to it feels like a power struggle that all yeah. of a sudden with a white woman, they have more power. So they have to talk over me and squash me down. And that might sound harsh, but it is the way it, it feels in my body. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't happen all the time either. So that's when I just know well, this person's not comfortable with an indigenous person having power. Um, and it, they might not be conscious in the smallest bit, but that's how it comes out. Like, oh, I'm the white woman here. I have more power than you. I'm gonna squash you down. And I'm going to talk over you and I'm going to give you way less space than, um, than you deserve. That's what it feels like. And it's, mm -hmm. it's um, painful. And I don't know, I don't know how to shift that because I don't think it's my responsibility to teach people how to give Indigenous voices space necessarily. Um, but that's the privilege I think that white women have always had that entitlement always that they have more space, they have more, they get to see more words, they get to have more power and um, something I've said to some friends that have shocked them, as I said, I never compare myself to white men. Like, you know how like feminism is always comparing themselves to the patriarchy and white men. Mm -hmm. And I said, I have never over my whole time in business ever compared myself to a white man because he's not even in my, in no. my thinking. Um, that's like way over there. Right. Uh, so that's not, that's not who is oppressing me. It's these white women that I'm, when I'm on their podcast or their summits that, oppress me not consciously but painfully yeah thank you for sharing that and 
that's, you know, that's the work I'm trying to do so that you don't have to. And I recognize that as somebody with mixed ancestry and with, um, you know, someone who's white presenting, who's worked with a lot of white women, basically acted as a white woman for much of my life, I had there's privilege that I hold in that. And there is influence that I carry um, when I work with white women, because they, and this is totally on a subconscious level, but they they see themselves in me they relate to me they take it better hearing it from me because i look like them or i talk like them and so i recognize that that's a privilege that i'm determined to use for good um especially as i have embraced it's interesting it's really interesting walking both sides i think that's a gift i used to see it as a curse um and you've helped me really you know pull that gift more and more out of me and seeing it but um yeah i'm determined to use that for good but it's interesting like in, in some ways, I have that privilege and that influence. And then in other ways, when I'm there to talk about decolonization and Indigenous issues, I very much feel that oppression that you're talking about. Um, but that is what I'm on a mission to fix, to help teach white women how to hold respectful space and how to lift up other voices, voices of the global majority, and stop accidentally creating harm. Because I don't think anyone's purposely like, oh, I'm malicious and I want to stomp you down. But you can't help it if that's what you were indoctrinated in. Well, you can help it, but that's what you were indoctrinated into. That's all you've ever known until you actively unlearn it and relearn and rewire. Yes. And I love that. It's just about consciousness. And yes, when I'm speaking about these things, I love these people like heart to heart. I love them. Yeah. And um, I think it's just bringing about consciousness, but it's also a bit terrifying to even like bring it into the conversation. Right. Because again, whether it's perceived power or actual power, there's a power dynamic difference. Yep. And um, and I think that a majority of people see like, oh, I'm doing you a favor because I'm uplifting your voice versus, oh my goodness, you're bringing your medicine into the space. What a gift that is, right? That's again, yeah. the reciprocity. Let's be, let's actually see what we're doing here for each other and see that that back and forth, which is so important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a it's a relationship and all relationships have to go two ways. Um, but I want to acknowledge your bravery in having this conversation because I know that that's, you know, the majority of the people who are going to be helping sharing your work and spreading your message are going to be white people and white women. And so for you to bravely share some of your experiences here, um, I really appreciate it. And I think everyone listening is really going to appreciate it as well. Um, and it really is, it really is bravery. I was having a conversation yesterday with um, these two women. They run a podcast and a business called The Kinswomen. Um, and Yuzu, do you know them, The Kinswomen? Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're amazing. So I was talking to them about how um, I call women, white women in to kind of have like brave conversations. And Yuzu, who is a black woman, was like, we need to stop calling white women brave when they're having these conversations. It's not brave. <laughs> and she was like, it's just accountability. It's bravery if you're actually a person who's been oppressed and whose safety is actually on the line when you have these types of conversations and your survival, like that's brave. But if you've never been oppressed and you're not going to be oppressed, all you're going to be doing is getting uncomfortable. Like there's no danger. You don't die from discomfort and it's not bravery. It's just taking accountability. I was like, oh, that is so fire, but also so true. So it made me rethink my whole, like I had like the Brave Leaders Lodge and all this language around bravery. And I'm like, no, you know what? 
Asha's the brave one. The global majority people are the brave ones. The rest, it, it is. It's just accountability. Mm, that's that hits so deeply. That hits so deeply. Right. I mean, it probably takes courage to address these things for sure. But you're right. The, like you're right. Nothing's on the line. Like I think about that a lot yeah. because I don't. I don't share these things. And after, you know, this happens when I share my truth, sometimes I reel after and I'm like, oh my gosh, I wasn't saying that I don't want to be invited to things or like any of those things, because I know sometimes people are truly trying to increase diversity of their um, presentations and their summits and all those things. So I would love still the invitation if it's done in this way that it feels like, like at least just read my book. (laughs) That's all I ask. but it's on me like I also think that's on me to have that boundary in place which I think that I've just come to learn like right like I can't blame somebody for just asking and not knowing my work without me having to ask them as a as a requirement um but I think now I know like you know buy my book too like don't ask for the pdf copy like yeah $20 buy it read it and then even if you read a chapter at least you know you know, sort of the essence of what I, where I'm coming from, right? Because I think people also blanket, like, just say, oh, all Indigenous people are this person. And yeah. if I'm the one representative person that you're hosting on your wherever podcast or summit, you're only learning from my perspective. And we are such mm-hmm. a diverse people. So that is such a disservice to your audience if you're just calling on one Indigenous person to speak or one Indigenous person to share. Um, Yep. You, need to, you need to increase your diversity in that way too and see that we're not like we all come from different nations each nation is like its own little country yeah and that like people just don't understand that they just treat us like a monolith like and yeah that's the first that's the first lesson I think yeah yeah that's so huge too what you just said and it's so true and that's why um and I just did a video about that today right it's too much pressure to put on one person to be your indigenous voice or your black voice or worse your BIPOC voice for one person to represent all BIPOC or all global majority it's just it's way too much um and like you said yeah even in our First Nations communities First Nations Inuit Métis among us we are so diverse um Asha and I come from completely different uh nations and communities with different teachings, traditions, language. Um, I was trying to read some of your, uh, some of the Anishinaabe Moen on your medicine cards the other day. And I'm like, oh, we don't even have these letters in our, in our Mohawk alphabet. I cannot pronounce this at all. Um, But it's just such a good reminder of how diverse we are, which is the beauty of us. Um, And that's one of the reasons too, why I'm I'm having you on my roundtable panel and in my decolonized coach course as a guest to bring another indigenous perspective, because some people might be like, well, you're already indigenous. Why are you bringing another indigenous perspective? We're diverse. We're diverse. Yes, so vital. And I, I saw that earlier that what you posted, I think that's just, it's such an important thing to, to think about. And that's why I think everybody needs to work with you because I think you are teaching these really, it's like, it's just like, you're doing it in a way where you're just like, have you considered this? I invite you into this <laughs> question you can ask yourself, right? And in a way where it's just like, we don't have to shame ourselves for not knowing, but yeah. now we can just be conscious and choose. And I'm always learning. I'm always trying to dismantle how I've been conditioned, yeah. right? Because I have a lot of things to just to like uncover and unwind and dismantle as well. Can we do it together? I think is like your in- beautiful invitation. And I think 
everybody who teaches in, in this kind of spiritual and new age self-development realm could benefit from, from what you're teaching. Thank you. Yeah. And it's me too. I'm on a, I'm on a learning journey forever. We're, we are all unraveling from this toxic system that we were all brought up in, right? So it is going to take grace and patience and trust and consistency um, commitment, knowing that this is an everyday practice of unlearning and relearning. Um, but if we stay committed, then, you know, that's the best we can do, recognizing it's an every single day practice. And we need to learn from a variety of perspectives and not get into that, like what you were saying, just tokenizing people or making, yeah, dehumanizing people by trying to make one person represent so much more than they are as an individual human, a unique person. Um, you would never do that to a white person be like, Hey, I need some white people on my, on my committee, on my board here. Can you come and speak for white people everywhere? Like, they'd be like, what? I am so unique. I am this, I am that I'm, you know, <sighs> they start naming all their astrological signs, <laughs> They're like different various eye colors. And yeah, anyway, um, yeah, such an important conversation. Well, I wanted to share about my deck. I would love to do a reading yes. for you if you'd like that. Yes, I would love that. Yes, please. So the I'm deck is so with, amazing. I'm going to start with a card for you. Um, Yay. Based on, just based on, so just like holding a question in your heart. Anything that, you know, um, if, if you decide to purchase my deck and support this Indigenous voice, which I'd be so grateful for. Um, when you receive your deck, you know, just infuse it with your own medicine and ask your ancestors to come uh, and be here with you. Each card holds the energy of um, a being, you know, medicine being. And of course, as Indigenous people, we believe um, that, you know, every part of creation has a spirit and is alive. So every card in this deck has a spirit and is alive. So mm -hmm. that's, I hope you feel that when you hold it in your hands. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you got the summer solstice card. Oh, oh dear medicine. medicine card, which to me, actually, the part that really stands out for you in this card is the sunshine is like the wide mm -hmm. open sun, the rays. Um, you are shining in that place. You are in that part of the medicine wheel of, um, you know, nourishing your seeds by sunning them and putting water, watering them and things are starting to come to fruition. So it's like, trusting that nourishment of all of your dreams and all of your visions are actually it's actually working it's working and the sunshine is like shining and they're just saying like continue to shine from that heart-centered place mm. and continue to show up and take up space because it's all working and dear is at your side to remind you that you are enough always 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 as you are so that wow. is and wow. you, um, a reading for the community that's listening here. Yeah. So I'm going to choose uh, three cards. And we're just going to, again, ask if there's like a question that you hold in your heart. If there's something that you feel you need guidance around. It's interesting when I ask that question, I think um, it throws people off, off kilter or something. Like, it's just like, oh, right, right. <laughs> I probably <laughs> have questions about my life. Mm-hmm. Take a moment to think about that. Okay. So the cards that came forward are the star blanket card. And if you have the deck, this is number 44. Yes. So this is the card of transition. And 
this really speaks to if something, you know, if there's been grief rising or emotion rising that feels like it's been kind of cycling through, this is the time of like honoring that transition or that cyclical time, making space for it, like making really big space for whatever you've been going through, making sure that you're acknowledging the fullness of it. Um, star blankets are offered to us, you know, in the birth or there's a death or there's just um, different parts in our lives that are transitional. So it's just honoring your transitional state and, and asking you to trust, like I see the grandmothers wrapping this blanket around you, trust that your transitions are taking you into a place that's more aligned for your path. Um, and if you're in grief or anger, just trust that that's important too, not to bypass that. So I'll leave yes. that. And the second one is the Cosmic Weaver, which is the potency card, 4042. So this card really speaks to the weaving of different worlds. So the listener's ability to tap into the dream world, um, the levels and layers of your evolution, being somebody who can um, connect sort of in past lifetimes or timelines, pulling in like the potency and power of your spiritual existence here on this planet um, and knowing that you have access to that and it's time to tap into that. So if you've been feeling like you don't, just trust that you always, we all have connection to the spirit world. Sometimes we just have to initiate it and activate it. So that's what this card is saying. And the last one is tobacco, which is the offering card. Beautiful. And you know, in our teachings, tobacco is offered as a gift to a healer, a medicine person, um, to the earth to say thank you. And this is just a reminder that, um, of reciprocity, really. A reminder of reciprocity. So just notice where relationships feel reciprocal. Notice where maybe you're giving more than you're receiving or receiving more than you're giving. And it's a time of balancing out for that. And if you want to put an offering of something down on the earth, this is a perfect time. So um, I feel like overall, these three cards are just really speaking to like ending endings of cycles, um, opening up to new spiritual awareness, and then being grateful for that. So as we talked about, like our Indigenous teachings of gratitude, leading with a grateful heart is always so powerful. And it, it always expands us into the beauty of this life. So I hope that that speaks mm. to people who are on the call or on the podcast and listening. Wow. Thank you. What a gift. Thank you so much for sharing that. And yes, each and every card is you can, you can feel such magic and medicine in it and i i invite you to grab your copy and then do there's instructions in the uh in the deck book that uh give you ideas for ways that you can have your own little ceremony to um initiate a relationship with the cards and so um what i did was i have a little pouch that i made with some tobacco and sweet grass and some protective crystals and things that i put in it and my ancestors told me to make that to connect to them. And I set that on top of the deck. I And I do it every time before I use the deck. I'm like, ancestors, please come and be here in these cards with me. And um, I did some rattling and some smoke medicine around the cards for the first time ever using them, which was so beautiful. And seriously, most magical, powerful deck I've ever worked with. And um, all my clients have ordered their copy now as well because we use them in our group readings. They're just so much magic. And as you were reading those, I got chills. Those resonated with me and I know they're going to resonate with everyone listening too. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's my intention. I just hope that they speak to you and they help to they help in your reclamation and your remembering as well. Yes, yes, they do. And they're always so on point. It is so 
spooky. Even that one that you just pulled about me being in the summer season, that is totally accurate. I'm in a very, very busy season right now, definitely watering all the seeds that I've planted. And I feel like I've got, um, I'm kind of burning the candle at both ends. I've got a lot going on. Um, and I just keep reminding myself it's a season, it's a season and it's not, you know, this busyness is not forever and it's work that I enjoy. So it's all good work, but it's definitely, that's what I'm in. I'm in my summer. So that was really on point and love the reminder about the sunshine. So thank you for that. Is there any, any last, um, anything you want to leave people with before we close out and, um, also make sure where uh make sure to let people know where they can find you as well yeah i mean i think we talked about a lot of um, intense topics today and i think sometimes it's like this this feeling of when two indigenous people get together we get to sort of chat about things that sometimes we have to keep suppressed or oppressed mm -hmm. right? because we don't have anybody to talk about it with so i want to presence that that i'm just grateful for your heart and listening and everybody who's listening here that I'm grateful for your heart and your listening. And I know some of these things can feel kind of ouchy to hear, or they can feel a little bit like, like they can touch on some nerve kind of energy and, and just know that um, if we can listen from a place of compassion for ourselves, first and foremost, and I think this can deepen into our relationship with how we're going to take this information and move forward with it. And that that's what my intention is in sharing this way. And primarily because I just think that we're meant to do this together. We're meant to heal together. We're meant to rise together. We're meant to walk hand in hand. That is my biggest invitation. And I believe in us together. Mm -hmm. I believe all of us doing this work together um, in a big way. So that's that's sort of the, I wanted to just kind of like put that around yes. my Yes, amen. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And then where can folks find you and, and find, I'm a, I, I mean, the Oracle decks and the cards, Anywhere that we can find books and cards, right? Yeah, anywhere books are sold, you can find those both at the both of the places. And if you do love them, I would love a review. That's my ask. Yes. Just get some reviews, help it get seen more on Amazon or at chapters. Um, and it's just, it's so helpful for me. So if you do purchase from those places or in the States, just please add a review if you love it. And um, I also, you can find me at asha.frost on Instagram. Um, and there are a lot of impersonators at this, at this time. Mm -hmm. So just find me like <laughs> asha.frost. Um, and then also my website is ashafrost.com beautiful thank you so much thank you for all of the medicine in this conversation um i love just being in in kinship and sisterhood with you and i'm so glad we got to let, let listeners into one of our conversations because we've had so many juicy ones where i'm always like oh this needs to be recorded people need to hear this because it is it's medicine for us all and i second everything you said and hope that people are receiving it with open hearts which i feel like they are so Thank you again. Thank you again so, so much for listening. If you would like to thank me in return, if you got any value, insights, new perspectives, or you just appreciated this episode or enjoyed this episode, the best way to thank a podcaster is to share. 
with others. Spread the love, spread the magic, take a screenshot of the episode, share it on your Instagram or TikTok stories, and tag me at Emily Ann Brandt so I can personally thank you for tuning in and stay connected. This is truly a community that we are building here, and I love staying in connection with you. I look forward to talking to you again soon, and I'm sending you so much love and gratitude.